Genesis chapter 8, and we're going to begin reading in verse 1, and we'll read responsively through verse 12. Genesis chapter 8, and verse 1, I'll read the first verse, we'll read the second verse together, uh, and so on. And shall we stand please for the reading of God's Word? Genesis chapter 8, and verse 1. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually under the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro, under the waters, until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet other seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet other seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And so Noah is trying to see if the earth is dry, he sends forth the raven, doesn't come back, and then he sends forth the dove, and it brings forth the olive leaf. So uh, I think this is a very interesting truth I want to give you this morning. Uh, the dove and the raven. The dove and the raven. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd bless the message, help us to understand uh, the doctrine and the type of, the type from thy eternal word, uh, the old King James. We pray that you'd bless it, give us power to preach and to hear it. Help us to understand the nature of the raven, the nature of the dove. May we recognize it. Help us to discern between good and evil. Help us to understand the Holy Spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. The dove and the raven. The Word of God is full of deep and powerful truths and types. These ty two birds, the dove and the raven, represent two types of spirits. One is clean, one is unclean, one is edible, one is not. They have a nature. So, as we said in Sunday school, if, if you mess with the King James Bible, 
God's going to mess with your head, your brain. A lot of so-called scholars out there and theologians always trying to go back to some original which doesn't exist, but the words of God will abide forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away. It's the words of God. God breathed. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So all we have to do is let the Bible be the Bible. Things different are not the same. This is a very important truth. If somebody got right with God, there was a dove involved. If somebody got out of the will of God, there was a raven involved. They have a nature. Let me give you the background of the text so we can understand, set the context of the passage. The Bible tells us that God put watchers, principalities, over certain geographical areas. They were to watch and guard different men in different locations. They left their first estate. They went after strange flesh. They no longer watched in the sense of benevolence and guarding, but they cohabited with evil women. The offspring were giants. They were the Nephilim, the fallen ones. And the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world uh, who have wickedness in high places. And so these principalities over different geographical areas, they dominated people and nations of men. They begin to abuse them cruelly. No empathy, no morals, no ethics, did not punish evil and reward righteousness. They did not protect the widow and the orphan, the poor. No justice was in the land. And so the Bible tells us that violence filled the earth. It was everywhere. Also, the imagination of the hearts of men was only evil continually. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. These things are happening. There's nothing new under the sun. God required that which is past. The same thing is happening again. The gods are returning. We're seeing things that are unbelievable in prophetical fulfillment before our very eyes. And the Bible says that God was so angry. He said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. I will send my spirit out to convict and draw all humanity to turn from their evil sin, help Noah build the ark, get in the boat so that they can be saved from the soon coming judgment of the flood of the earth. They didn't listen. The Bible says only Noah was perfect in his generation. Now, a lot of people don't understand this. God meant what he said, and he said what he meant. Only Noah was not crossbred with these fallen ones. He was the only real human left. 
He preached for 120 years. He was a preacher of righteousness. He's in the Hebrews 11 Hall of Fame of Faith, and he could only win his family. Eight souls were saved, and it says, by water. They alone helped him. They alone believed God's prophecy. They alone built the ark. They alone got in it. There was one door, one window. God shut the door, and the fountains of the deep broke open, and the windows of heaven fell. The firmament fell to the earth, flooded the world, and drowned all those evil souls. Everything was destroyed, and all the giants perished. Now, the Bible says... There was also giants after that. They came back. They fell again. Now, after the flood, Noah is waiting for dry land. I mean, he's been there a long time. We think about the, uh, the battles and the testing that they went through on the ark. And so he's waiting for dry land. They want to walk out and live again on the earth. So the first thing he does is he sends out a raven. A raven is black. And the Bible tells us very, something very important about how they move, but just not how they travel. It is manifesting what they are in their nature and their character. It says, the raven went to and fro to and fro, to and fro. What did Satan say to God in Job chapter 1 when the sons of God appeared before the Lord and they stood at attention to give report and God says, where hast thou been? What did he say? I've been to and fro, up and down in the earth, all over the earth, to and fro. So this is a satanic evil type of a spirit of just going. You know, I, I always say, these people are spinning their wheels, going nowhere fast. You ever, you're, you're just trying to obey the traffic laws. Somebody's impatient. They got road rage, anger. They burn rubber to go around you. Then they cut you off. Then they slam on the brakes at the next stop sign. Just, where's all these people going? You know, when we moved to this town, it was not, the population was very small. Now, you go out there around lunchtime on 90, it's hard to get across the road. I mean, you almost have to plan it and go down to a light. Uh, and, and I'll just watch. Where, where are they going? Where are they coming from? Oh, I know, Bill Clinton started NAFTA. Oh, but anyway, there they go. There they went. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. They're running to and fro, most of them. It's not necessary. You ever go up Highway 35 to Dallas? What is going on? I always try to take 281 or a back road. But what, where are they going? What are they doing? I'll tell you what. Daniel said, in the last days, first of all, knowledge shall increase. There's that thing in your hand, that wicked iPhone. Push the button, Google it. Knowledge is increased, but what else? Many shall run to and fro. 
It says it. People will travel unnecessarily all the time going. Uh, in Oklahoma, they used to call it blowing and going. They just can't stay home. A rambling man, blowing and going, running to and fro. It's a work of Satan. Now I realize you've got to travel to go to work. We've got to make money. Sometimes you've got to go places. But many people just go for the sake of going, running to and fro. Now, the raven, you know, and I always wondered, how come I don't like the Baltimore Ravens? There was always something about that black and that purple. Man, it's quiet in here. So just, just listen to this. Some things in, in uh, different myths of different peoples throughout history. The raven has appeared in mythologies of many ancient peoples. The Greeks, the Celts, the Norse, the Romans, the Native Americans, in Greek mythology, ravens were associated with Apollo, the god of prophecy, and he was said to be a symbol of bad luck. And this was the god's messengers in the mortal world that something bad is going to happen. There's an old myth about Apollo sent out a white raven, and the raven brought back news about his wife had been unfaithful to him and cheated on him, and he got so angry he scorched the raven in his fury, and he turned the bird's feathers to black. According to the law of Moses, in Leviticus 11:15, Deuteronomy 14:14, 14, 14, the ravens were unedible and unclean bird. They are carnivorous. They are scavengers. They are not to be eaten by God's people. And what's amazing is sometimes God can use something bad to work something for good. You know, Romans 8, 28, all things shall work together for good to them who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. God used raven to feed Elijah. Why? To and fro, to and fro. In the Song of Solomon, ravens are an example of uh, God's provision and uh, sustenance. In different myths, one of them in the flood of Noah was that the raven, you know why the raven didn't come back? It began to feed on the carcasses of all the evil men and the giants that were drowned in the flood. The Frankish king, Gut Guntram, you know what it means? War raven. You know where the Vikings got some of their war helmets? Some of them were like bullhorns, but some of them were like bird wings. Came from the raven. Some cultures teach that Cain murdered Abel because a raven taught him to be a murderer. Odin, the god of the Germanics and the Vikings, he, in North mythology, ravens appeared all the time. There was two ravens that were always there when Odin showed up. In Old English, the word raven, I can't say it, raven, the Old Norse, the word very meant uh, bloodshed, killing, no mercy in battle. 
Did you know right now there are ravens on the Tower of London and King Charles III was just crowned king? They believe that if they ever take the ravens off that tower, England will fall as a world power. That's how much power and uh, these black birds have. But what does God say about them? They're unclean. What do they do? They run to and fro. What does Satan do? He runs to and fro. The raven is the trickster, like a coyote to Native Americans. The raven is a scavenger and a thief. They will feast on the bodies of those who are killed by Christ at the Battle of Armageddon. They come in, and when you're not looking, they'll steal from you. Now, I, I like those big ravens at national parks. I admit it. I like them. I like to feed them. And I'll watch, and somebody will be at their picnic table, and they'll drop something. And no sooner they look off, that raven will hop down there. They get it, and they're gone. They're running to and fro. Worldly, travelers, unclean, satanic in their nature. So he let this raven out, never came back. You know why? To and fro. Then he releases the dove. The dove does not fly to and fro. The dove returns. After a while, he reaches out and gets it. He waits another period of time. He releases this dove again. And what does it do? It brings back an olive leaf. What does this represent? We know that the dove is a type of the Holy Spirit of God. We know that this dove has an abiding presence. Once it's there, it never leaves, praise the Lord. We know that this dove is loyal. Did you, they say that doves, when they find a mate, they're mates for life. They're loyal, they're loving, they're kind, they're considerate, and they are dependable, they are faithful, they are always present in the life of the one who has the Holy Spirit. You know, Solomon said in the Song of Solomon to his beloved, thou hast dove's eyes. It meant more than they have orange eyes like a bird. He was saying, I can trust you. I depend upon you. You love me, not conditionally. You love me unconditionally. You have true abiding faithfulness and loyalty. Thou hast dove's eyes. You know, I wonder if when our wife or husband looks into our eyes, can they say that? Thou hast dove's eyes. What do you see? Um, hopefully so. If not, hopefully they're not a raven running to, running to and fro. So the raven, worldly and devilish, to and fro, not dependable, brings what? Destruction. Though sometimes God could use it for good. What does the dove represent? The presence of God. The abiding presence of God. The loving trustworthy faithfulness of God 
to his people, when Jesus was baptized, a dove came in bodily form, landed upon him. There was a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye him, in whom I am well pleased. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelt in Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now the Bible tells us that in Ephesians chapter 4, that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and we trust Him, that the Holy Spirit comes in. First of all, our spirit is regenerated, brought back to life, born again. Praise the Lord. Secondly, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Our body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And thirdly, we are given the seal of the Holy Spirit. This insignia, which is God's promise and God's covenant that the Holy Spirit, like a dove, will never leave us. What did Jesus say? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, what did he say? I am with you always even until the end of the earth. No man can pluck you out of my Father's hand. Amen. Once saved, always saved. You know, these people who teach this heretical that you've got to earn it, you've got to buy it, you've got to do good works, you can lose it, they've got a raven, a raven spirit. Why? To and fro. Not if you're saved. And it just proves that they're lost. Because if you're saved, if you're saved, then you know it. Clap your hands. What's the next one? Stomp your feet. I forget what it is. If you're saved, you know it. Why? The witness is in you, and it's a dove. And a dove is loyal. And a dove abides. But these people who don't know it have a raven spirit. They have a fake imitation of the Holy Spirit. You either know you're saved and it's past, present, future sin, or you're not saved at all. If you didn't buy it, you can't sell it. If you didn't earn it, you can't lose it. And it says it's a free gift. And if God gives you eternal life, how do you receive it? By faith. By faith. Now, when this happens, God will give us the seal of the Holy Spirit. This is amazing. Now, you might have seen this in uh, documentaries, but when the king had an official document, they would fold it. They would melt a candle, a wax ring. They would take that seal or insignia. Usually it was a stamp or it could have been a ring and they would seal it. And no one could open that except someone who was assigned by the king in the royal government who had the authority to open that seal. Only them in the king's kingdom. What does the Bible tell us? When you got saved, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. I mean, we ought to be shouting glory running the aisle. 
you, you are sealed and no one can unseal it. It is eternal. We are secure. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And this is the record that God hath given unto us His Son. Not a raven. Not doubt, not fear, not dread, not worry, not coming and going, not to and fro. The dove came back. And you know what he came, what came back with? An olive leaf. And you know what the olive leaf is symbolic of? The Holy Spirit. The blessed Holy Spirit of God, which liveth and abideth forever, just like the Word of God. So the king's seal, this was like placed on legal documents, birth certificates possibly, passports. You know, when you go somewhere, you get your passport stamp, driver's license, these types of things, legal documents. God has sealed us with the Holy Spirit and I always said, we're so saved, you couldn't lose it if you wanted to. And I know that doesn't make any sense because you don't want to. Once saved, always saved. Now, so many people, they don't understand the doctrine of sealing by the ever-abiding Holy Spirit of God. What did Jesus say to the disciples and to us? He said, I'm going to go to my Father, but I will not leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the Comforter. And when He has come, He will testify of me. I will not leave you alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's the promise of Almighty God. And some of us need to remember, you can't base your doctrine on your condition. You've got to base your doctrine on your position in heaven. And you might mess up and you might trip and fall down. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, you might try to run. Jonah ran from God. How'd that work out? God didn't leave him. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God is not what they call an Indian giver. You know, and I, I thought about that. I know several Native Americans, they, they don't give something, take it back. You know where that came from? It was the U.S. government making uh, treaties with them and then breaking the treaties. You know, hey, we'll give you this land. Oh, we didn't know there was gold. <laughs> we didn't, oh, uh, we got to take, take some of this back. Oh, we'll give you this. Oh, we didn't know there was minerals in the earth. We're going to have to. Indian give on that. Uh, God, the gifts and callings are without repentance. He will never change his mind. He will never take it back. It is not conditional on how we live or how we feel. It's all based on the dove returned. And when the dove returned, the dove stayed and the dove had an olive branch. 
Would God we would understand this once and for all. 1 John 3 says, If our own heart condemns us, and it does sometimes, God is greater than our heart. When your heart tries to trick you, it says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above things, desperately wicked, who can know it? And your own heart will say, oh, did you really mean that? Do you really believe? Are you sure you were serious? Are you sure? And your own heart, you know, you look what you did. Look at you. The accuser of the brethren comes along and says, God, look what they did. You know what that is? That's the devil and the raven running to and fro. You know what he's doing? He's setting the trap, running to God, saying, you've got to judge them because they sinned against you. But you know what happens? Jesus is our advocate, is at the right hand of the Father, pleading our case. He says, wait, Father, I shed my blood for them. Amen. The Holy Spirit abides, abides. It's the doctrine of eternal abiding. Now, the raven's going to come and go because that's what he does. He runs to and fro. You think about this. God's looking for faithful people. Faithful. Who are reliable. Who You can count on them. They're trustworthy. Just like the Holy Spirit. You know, the next time you don't feel good, He's still there. The next time you don't feel His presence, He's still there. It has nothing to do with feeling. The next time you might have done something wrong and you're a little bit down on yourself, and maybe rightfully so, He's still there. He always will be there. He is our faithful, loyal dove. Thou hast dove eyes. You know, I wish we'd quit listening to that raven. I wish we'd quit following that raven. I wish we'd quit allowing the raven to deceive us. We need to stand up and realize he's unclean. He's black. He's a scavenger. He's a thief. You can't count on him. He's unreliable. You know, no matter what you're facing right now, He's there for you. He's in you. He's with you. You can count on Him. Now, I'm through, but the old Odin and Rathnar, Lothbrook, what was his name, Ragnar, those, those wicked Vikings who worship Loki and those gods as we talked about, and they had the raven uh, wings on their helmet when they'd take their war battle axe, they wouldn't do anything unless the raven showed up. And they would do their incantations and the witchcraft. And they would not make a move until these two evil black birds showed up. And sometimes they thought they were doing the right thing and it was the wrong thing. Sometimes the raven didn't show up when they needed him. Sometimes he would lead them astray. And so often we trust in something that is unclean, that is not from God, and we have the wrong way to make decisions. We don't live by principle. The just shall live by faith.
You say, how do you know you're saved? Because the Bible says I am. God is not a liar. It's impossible for God to lie, Titus 1-2. He that hath the Son hath life. These things have I written, the Word of God was written, that if you believe on the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, that ye may know that you have eternal life. Amen. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter if I live up to it, though I try. It has everything to do with God said it. He is a God of integrity. It's impossible for God to lie. All the promises in Him are yea. And He sent the dove. And that dove has an olive branch. And the witness is within us. The dove and the raven. What a deep truth right there in the book of beginnings. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. I'd ask that no one is leaving. I'd ask that no